Alright, so all along we've been talking about our feelings regarding Krypton. A little bit of a shift though. You might not think it based on hearing previous episodes, but I think we're both really upset that Krypton is cancelled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I'm David C. Robertson, this is my co-host Jason Goss. Hey! You're listening to DC On Screen, the podcast that covers the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, where we give honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we really don't want it to be. If it has been released, it is fair game, so beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. Krypton Season 2 has been released, and we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Give it a, uh, give it... A fair, uh, a fair wrangle, I suppose. Um, is is that a saying? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with no. Uh, we're, we're gonna give it a, a an honest treatment from us, but that's is right. It's the best we could expect. I give it a, a bit of a tough jostle. Well, to address what you what you uh, were, were speaking on, uh, we mm-hmm. we. In our previous news episode where we talked about it being canceled, we, we both kind of had a very blasé, yeah, I don't know what they were going to do with it anyway, kind of feel to, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's what you would take away from hearing us talk about it. And then <laughs> that that was uh, that was before we, we saw the last episode mm-hmm. and got a better feel for what they were intending to do with it. Now, yeah. that being said, we were also talking about it after that episode had aired, but we hadn't had time to watch it yet. So, um, right. Yeah, it's. It, I think it is a different thing for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Having seen where they wanted to go with season three, and we, yeah. you know, we'll talk about it in a second. But I will say, oh this, yeah, it is being chopped around. Mm-hmm. Um, it. I, I mean, I don't know if DC Universe is going to happen because that's going to end up being an HBO kind of property into the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think four hundred thousand is a good enough pitch to go to an HBO Max kind of platform. Right. But that's the thing, though. I mean, we're talking about Sci-Fi Channel. If they move it over to, I mean, there, there, there is an argument that if it goes to like a DC Universe slash HBO Max uh, platform, it might conceivably get a lot more exposure. It could. No, very little on Sci-Fi gets a ton of exposure. But uh, for instance, Happy was a, a critically acclaimed show with as much of a viewing audience as Sci-Fi could hope for, and it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and sci-fi is renowned for this kind of thing, where they oh, yeah. they are license out a thing and then they cancel it because they don't want to keep paying the you know licensing fees and the thing is expensive and uh, come on guys yeah yeah They've I done mean this one, of the, one of the sci-fi shows I watched to completion um, we'll call it that is uh, Eureka and it, mm-hmm. it is a wonder that I I got anything close to a finale I actually watched that and Warehouse 13 around the same time. Um, mostly because that I, I liked the actors and then I kind of got hooked, but, and then they had a crossover that justified both of these interests, but I, I it is a wonder that I got anything close to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that's the anomaly. It was getting that, uh, payback. And yeah. It's just, I'll it's tell you not this to be expected. Here's a, th- okay. There's a, there's a, there's a writer named Harlan Ellison. Mm-hmm. You know of him yeah. at the very least. Great writer. Um, bit of an asshole. Absolutely. Not even a bit. Uh, total asshole loved him to death yeah and he actually stood up and walked out uh, of an interview one time because and he told them if they call me a sci-fi writer yeah I'm out and they told the newscaster lady and she said it anyway she said what kind of a weirdo 
read sci-fi. Well, we're gonna find or write sci-fi. We're gonna find out. And we talk, and he was gone by the time she was finished with the sentence. Yeah, I feel like that <laughs> mentality. I loved that though because it wasn't like he was addressing a thing that might to. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and call it a sci-fi fan um, mm-hmm. to someone who's who's happy with that genre and doesn't mind the name. Um, that would be a thing that he was being kind of bitchy about like no we're gonna call it it, it, it's speculative fiction that's what that's what it should be called and that is what i'm gonna stand by and i'm gonna die on that hill like that could seem pedantic (laughs) even in that field and that was a much different time you know sci-fi was looked down upon oh yeah a lot more than it is today but but if you were already a sci-fi fan even among that group, you might have thought speculative fiction, like, eh, come on, man. She's she's a, a cash doing an interview. Like, don't worry about right. it. Right. But, but here's, even here's then, she point. was so condescending that he should have walked out. Yeah. Here's my point. I feel like the, the, the marketing team at Sci-Fi Channel mm-hmm. are exactly the type of people who think that sci-fi is for a bunch of weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> Because when I see the commercials for sci-fi shows for their, uh, you know, original content, I don't know what the hell they're showing me. And I am a sci-fi fan. There's most of what we peddle in, in some capacity or the other. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's a picture of space. There's a guy screaming. There's like a semi-hot chick and we don't know what her deal is, but she seems kind of dangerous, but. A couple times in the trailer, she looks a little afraid. Like, oh, yeah. Well, I don't and know what some the hell part of the... her has an unnatural coloring that cannot be found. There's like an right. orange or a blue or a, a like a, a deep, ridiculous neon red or something. Yeah, somewhere and, on her you person. Know, there's a space helmet, or maybe it's an environmental suit. I don't know what the hell it is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on. Like, all we know don't... for sure was it was a borrowed prop from another property. Yeah, they don't uh, in any way really. Uh, market story characters. There's just like, hey, look at this weird shit we've got. You like that, right? You're a sci-fi guy. I'll give it this though. I I agree generally with your take on it. I I think the Krypton season one trailer I think fits that take pretty precisely. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Krypton season two trailer they actually did have a story they were trying to tell us about. Yeah, I don't know about all that. Yeah, I think so. I haven't gone back and watched it in a minute, but I I think so. Like I think they were trying to make a uh like a character study of these these people a little bit i definitely think well, that's where season two got us but and by the way just a side note uh a side bet i want to place mm-hmm. what i was saying before hbo max is i i think too big a uh a name for it to land there mm. i honestly think the like the best possible hope for something like th- this show maybe mm-hmm. cw seed oh no oh god i hope not oh i know i mean i agree but it also may be true i i don't I don't think it. I don't think it would. Pick, they would pick it up to produce more. Let's put it this way: four hundred thousand viewers, even on the CW, is not enough. No, but you're not going to make it to network television again. I don't think. I. I There's I honestly a chance think... in hell, but here, let me put it this way: there's a chance in hell, but only if they grab Cameron Cuff right the fuck now, throw mm-hmm. him in Vancouver for a, a a couple of side shots, and build Krypton into the into the Arrowverse somehow, and then spin it out of that. I think the best thing we could hope for is no way. a limited series on HBO Max or DC Universe. Maybe. A limited series to wrap it the hell up. Maybe. But I don't I don't I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think DC Universe or uh HBO Max is gonna pick it up. I know. And I think those are gonna be more one and the same going forward. So that um that that does tend to be your default position. That it's not going to happen. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Snyder oh, Cut, yeah. not going Professor to happen. Professor fucking wet blanket, for sure. Krypton Season 3, not going to happen. Yeah. No, that is well, my I, take on it. No, it's not going to well, happen. Well, I have one thing to say to you, sir. Young Justice Outsiders. Yeah, which had a bigger <laughs> following and is, by the way, doing great. I don't know about their viewer numbers because they don't release those. But yeah. The show itself is doing great. All right. So let, let's actually talk about the show here mm-hmm. a little bit. So I was... Although I liked certain a lot of elements of the first few episodes, uh, namely Lobo, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know Adam is always a lot of fun. Um, I was happy to see Segel. I I really liked their take on the Phantom Zone. Yeah, um, visually it was uh, super interesting. Yeah, I, I really liked the 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 concept. That the Phantom Zone is sort of tied in with like all space and time. Yeah, this uh, this kind of like uh, multiversal nightmare zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never quite know what's actually happening at any given time, which kind of made sense. The way they built it in was uh, somebody like Brainiac could maybe sort through even that much data and find a way. Mm-hmm. And there's even that. Cool. The, did you recognize that like bit? I think it was in the finale where, uh, or it was either in the finale or the penultimate episode where Zod is strangling uh, Elida, and he kind of hears Seg's voice, and he like looks up over back over his shoulder and that was the exact scene that seg sees in the phantom zone of zod strangling his mother no i didn't catch that but that's great and it looks like in the phantom zone it looks like zod is like stopping strangling and looking up over his shoulder at at him directly yeah they did it that's awesome yeah (laughs) good job guys i was really pleased with that oh yeah that's solid so yeah i think even though I loved Lobo, I, the the show was kind of really slow for me and was not really doing it for me. And I was actually, it was funny because I was sitting on my phone on the couch, had Krypton playing and I'm talking to Brent from Fans Without Borders mm-hmm. uh, through Messenger on, on Facebook. And I'm just, I'm just telling him, like, yeah, yeah, I'm just not digging it. I don't know. It's, uh, it might be a me problem. It's just, you know, maybe it's the pacing and whatever. And then I look up and freaking Jaxer slits light his throat. And I'm like, eh, on, now we're doing something. On the other hand, they just blew me away and I want to watch the next episode. He's like, yeah, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. No, they, they, um, it was our only, our only real problem with the show in season one was that it was, uh, just paced a little slow and it, it was still, it was gorgeous. It was, it was, mm-hmm. it is a cinematography, a uh, cinematographically. I don't know. Uh, it, the show looks right. fantastic. Show's pretty. Show's pretty. And I was really happy with uh, a lot of what I was saying. Like, even the story, as it developed over season one, we were really happy with it. It just seemed like it developed very slowly, and, and uh, yeah. we could have gone without that. Now, going back to it, in season two, they kind of, it it's it does. It's, it's a, it's a I want to say it's a quick start because you have a lot of Brainiac up front, which was very mm-hmm. distracting. Like, that's, that's a super engulfing concept. And I did love... Uh, the brainy Segel. Um, oh, well, yeah, I like that. That was fantastic. Their little, <laughs> their relationship was great. And, and especially how Lopa describes it later. Oh, getting soggy, a little cheeky. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking loved all that. But the, uh, yeah, it, it did, it seemed to slow roll a little bit, like season one. But then once it got to a point, and that was a that actually a pretty good indicator of when you should have started really paying attention was the moment the moment that jugular started spilling, fucking shit mm-hmm. went fast and it went big. It, did. it was a lot of fun. It did. Uh, to to be clear though, loved all of Lobo. 
Oh my yeah. gosh. Like, and one of the worst things about this cancellation deal is they've all also put the kibosh on his spinoff series, which I was so excited about. Yeah. Which I hopefully, again, hopefully, which they say has been, is being shopped around. So look, um, fingers crossed. I, I'm just saying none of the petitions have ever mattered. Feel free. It won't do anything but clog up your <laughs> email feed mm-hmm. when change.org sends you another series of petitions that you might care about. Mm-hmm. Um, feel free. It's not going to cost anything. Go for it. It'll add a number. Maybe someone will care. I have no reason to think anyone has yet before, but maybe. Um, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of fan backlash from the, I guess, 400,000 people that were watching. Yeah. In all fairness, those are... I mean, yeah, they're Nielsen numbers, but as we discussed before, like it's not the the, the four hundred thousand wasn't the streaming plus seven or the airing plus seven numbers, which they didn't care about because they don't really have the re air rights like they want. Mm-hmm. So they needed the twenty four hour numbers. Yep, and they didn't have them. Mm. It's a it's a hard sell, dude. It's just it's a hard sell. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it's gonna make it back. We'll see. And I I I hope, but these, I don't have a lot, lot of, of hope for it. I don't either. And it was a lot of actors and actresses that I just, I don't really know them from, you know, from Adam, so to speak. But I I don't, uh, but they were really good. It was like the the, the acting on this show was pretty fantastic. It's, I feel like these are people that are going to be employed now that that contract's up. They're going to be doing something else and it's going to be really hard to get the game back together. Yeah. Well, since we caught up, uh, my wife and I decided to go ahead and uh, finish up Broadchurch. Mm. And we we hit series three, and mm-hmm. um, and the on the police force we're like, where do we know this girl from? There's this girl here, and she, oh, it's Lida, it's Lida's odd. <laughs> <laughs> With that same light British accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, she's doing a good job. I don't know where that accent's from. Maybe London. I don't know. But yeah, man. Uh, now, what did you think about the the turn though? That it wasn't actually Lida. Oh, I loved it. I, I was I was I was really happy with it because the whole time like uh post slitting yeah uh I was sitting here going okay look we got a slow burn superman disintegration superman cape disintegration in season 1 right I better start seeing general zod disintegrate like kind of kind of not they 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 did a really good job of in season 1 making the stakes be Superman and Adam Strange is the entire time he's the the Klaxon call man he's fucking the the entire time mm-hmm. you hear Adam Strange just saying you don't understand if all of this doesn't go right we don't get Superman and if we don't get Superman we're all fucked to the fourth power man it's it's over so mm-hmm. it, we've got to have him and so you, you had uh it was Claire and call anyway you had him the whole time piping in that and like why we cared initially when somebody announced oh there's gonna be a krypton series like oh okay great what are you gonna do oh it's gonna be the story of how blah 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 blah, then superman oh okay 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 um and then they did a they did a character piece and made us care about the characters a little bit and that helped but originally had adam strange actually pitching in with the whole uh he was the reason the cape mattered and then the cape didn't matter and then they move on to season two and they've done something entirely different like it Mm -hmm. was short of him very little concern about uh, Cal L. It was just it was it was over. Yeah, but we cared about the actual story, which mattered more. Right, but uh, you know, I'm saying though, if we're seeing a disintegrating Superman cape because history is being changed, mm-hmm. then if Zod's mother gets killed, I better start seeing his ass disintegrate. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so they also played it really close about how you, know, you got you got Zod with his mom and grandmother in play, mm-hmm. which is it's tough to do time wise. Uh, but they only had real stakes on stuff that was uh, kind of like long term. So short term, they didn't 
you know, something didn't happen and somebody didn't exist. Like that's a way they could have done it. You know, like McFly's arm disappearing in the photo kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's what I wanted to see. Like, you know, like Zod kind of start moving his hand around like, ah, burns and looks down. But of course it doesn't happen because she's not really gone. That was a clone. It was. And there were two possibilities when, when, uh, when Jack Sir killed her, uh, one option was, holy shit, this show is going to take some chances and really mm-hmm. fucking kill one of the main, uh, one of the people guiding the story. Like uh, number two, really in the, as far as agency in the story goes, mm-hmm. uh, the other option was, well, it's a comic book thing and we're going to find a way to make that make sense. And the way they actually made it make sense was to bring in a fucking Black Mercy. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. That was a good, good job of making that work for me. Oh, and as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, that's their out. That's how they that's how they yeah. get rid of Zod this season. Yep. Because he's never going to stop. Like, this is... Oh, I feel they, like, this, as I feel like it was say, David Goyer. He's never going to stop. I feel like it was, like, at, le- at the very least, tangentially David Goyer apologizing for the next snap. <laughs> and Man of Steel, like, because they're like, we have to kill him. There's no other way. He's never going to stop. And they're like, eh, maybe there's another way. No, there wasn't any Man of Steel. That's it for comics. <laughs> what? There wasn't another way at the time, and that's a whole another fucking. We've got hours on that in the past. Oh, I know. It's just there. Well, maybe there I get wasn't, it though. Like Goyer but... kind of doing his Maya culpa yeah. about finding another way after all the backlash. I get yeah. it. I get it. And I'm not saying that's entirely implausible that that was somehow built into the story if you really want my honest opinion i i don't really think david goyer had anything to do with it Mm-mm. i just think it's funny that his name is in, in the credits really <laughs> and and they actively brought up like we have to kill him no no we don't there's another way there's always another way all right honestly as far as i can tell he was involved in pitching the story as it came to be and that's enough to be in the credits and maybe especially if it was like created by or story by or something like that mm-hmm all right, so um, wait. Speaking of Black Mercy, fucking Doomsday. That episode. Yes. Fuck. That was good. It was that really, was really good. The most I've ever liked or cared about Doomsday. Easily. Easily. I mean, it in the it, like in the nineties when he kills Superman. I mean, we've all read that. It it didn't even resonate really. It's it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you you read it and you thought, okay, well, and then what? He's just this bludgeon from the skies that comes in and he's actually strong enough to finally kill Superman. Mm-hmm. I mean, he dies doing it, but he's finally that strong. And that's like the whole mythos of the character is he's so strong he can actually take him, which is great. But they built an entirely different like the origin story for Doomsday here is more poignant than anything that I think has ever come before. it. Yeah. Like this should I, for sure be what the comics go back and retrofit into what they do. Absolutely. I don't need to see no more of that baby. No, <laughs> don't need to throw the baby in a volcano or any, any of that shit. Yeah. Fuck it all. Oh, we're going to throw it in a dwarf star. Whatever. Doesn't matter. What? Here's what we care about. Yeah. Dude who apparently has some weird gene where he will recover from anything and we are going to throw the book at him and have his have his lady love sit there and stare at him through market glass. Mm-hmm. Just that, oh, just and that hand. Yeah. Yeah. When he oh. puts his finger on the glass and she yeah. doesn't. Oh, oh, man. That was good. That last bit of of humanity leaving him. It was so yeah. good. That was that was one of the highlights of the series for sure. It's fantastic. And I even I really liked And the how use of them later. Like the, yeah. the use of a violent ass doomsday later. Oh goddamn. Yeah. And they were it looked like they were setting up a second doomsday in the ice. I thought that was just him having survived the Okay. So in my mind that was him 
having survived the blast of the moon and uh-huh. going out into space with what would still be um, some kind of, I mean, the moon is like our moon is theoretically almost completely dry, if not completely. But in in the world they were living on, the moon is somehow not. So in my mind, that was like, oh, yeah, he survived the in, the, the uh, destruction of an, of an entire planetoid and, and still managed to freeze in space. And we found him here. So he just freezes in space and he lands on Krypton and is just Well, he would frozen. land on Krypton. I mean, it's in orbit. Yeah, and he just he's just fro- in the frozen tundra? See, in my mind he kind of I, All right. So maybe it was some, you know, p- particle matter of the moon that had some kind of organic fluidy substance to it that it could freeze around him. Because I feel like uh-huh. the moon exploding on him would at least knock him unconscious for a second, right? Right, maybe, but, you know... He's I'm, not completely immune. He will, he can be knocked on. he can be killed. Did I miss the point where they saw him land, or... No, did... in my mind, he just, the whole thing exploded. It was a it was a shit show free-for-all. We didn't even know where Segel was until he found, uh, found our signal. Uh-huh. Uh, we assumed everything had gone straight to hell. And then uh, he, instead of going straight to hell, he just kind of like is expelled from the planet and falls mm-hmm. into the orbit and falls into the uh, Arctic zone yeah. and is either frozen before in space. Cause by the way, space is super cold. So he's either mm-hmm. frozen in space or he is like kind of primed and hits the Arctic zone unconscious because he was just thrown from a destroyed planet to a, another planet that mm-hmm. has full. Surely, surely he's knocked out. And then is, I guess, frozen All right. by the climate or something other. <laughs> All right. Uh, Here's the crazy part, though. They they put him they put him through every trial they can think of while he's becoming Doomsday, right? I guess so. Can you freeze him? I Will that actually I mean, put him on like in stasis or can you just. I, yeah, I would think so. You would think, but he's saying like he, he made his way through fire. Yeah, but it wouldn't kill him. It would just freeze him. Well, the fire did kill him in this in the trials. Yeah. It did. I guess the freezing him probably did kill him. I, I liked how it was Zod who had the humanity and, and the House of El who was sort of like coldly carry, carrying on with the um, experiments. Yeah, that was a good the switcheroo. Past. In the name of science and so on. Mm-hmm. That was a good switcheroo. I enjoyed it. Good good piece of lore. I, I really liked uh, how Val had to step up and take Jack's Jaxer down after she uh, slit Nissa's throat on, on broadcast. That was a great speech. Yeah. That was well Delivered done. from handcuffs. Yeah, it was a great moment in the show there. Him turning the tide, like, yeah, that was solid. I've really been rooting for him throughout the show. <laughs> he's and, and then he's a really good embodiment that. of one of, of a lot of the things that we like about Superman. Apparently mm-hmm. he got from his great grando. Oh, yeah. And then they have to make the decision about whether or not he's going to turn her over. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was solid. And the decision about what to blow up and that mm-hmm. going wrong. Like there was a lot with him that was uh I was fine with him blowing up the space elevator. I am I hated that name. I thought it was the dumbest <laughs> sounding thing ever. And then I was equally horrified to find out that, that we actually have a thing that they're working on that they are calling in real life space elevator. Oh yeah. That's been around for years. I I plead to the heavens. Yeah. Let us not go down this path. Yeah, it was it was it was supposed to be a way to not get into deep space, but just to get into orbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's been in, in theory around for a minute. I mean, I'm fine with the theory, but do we have to call it that? <laughs> that's my problem. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what the alternative is. 
it, it's like a lot of things that were developed at a certain stage where if you put space in front of it, it was awesome. Yeah. Like the Jetsons the, era yeah. style thinking. It's a space off fork. The, what does it do? The top, a off, zero gravity fork. You off can the top stab of my head. From any angle. Oh, like a fork. Yeah. Off the top of my head, star lift. Star lift. <laughs> but it can't go to any star, David. I know. It just can't do that. I know. It's not, it's not know. to the stars at all. Well, any elevator is a space elevator because it exists in space. You can't say like stargaze lift because that brings to mind emo indie fans and they're going to be staring at their navel the entire time. Mm-hmm. Just a lift you get on when you're <laughs> slightly blasé. <and laughs> Oh man! I can name a few bands. I'm a Deer Hunter Portis head fan myself. But just... right. It's those first first few uh, chords from a Sunny Day Real Estate song. Yeah, yeah. Or if if you remember House, uh, Massive Attack, Teardrop. There, there's yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Little Mazzy Star. Little Mazzy Star. <laughs> <laughs> what do you even call it to improve upon that? You can't be Starlift. Uh, space Lift. <laughs> Space lift even sounds better than space elevator. Yeah, because I, the I word know. elevator sounds super impotent when it when you really think yeah. About it. When you not. say when you say space before anything, it sounds super like fifties, like super bad. You need to really sci-fi. sell the second word at this point. Yeah, in and in then, our culture, and then to say elevator is just like oh shit. Well, I mean, elevator used to be. <laughs> I mean, first of all, it was a hilariously. Uh, uh, <laughs> A risque concept when it first came out not the least uh, it had a lot of problems uh first of all people dying and second mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot of social mores especially among the uh you know the this was like 150 200 years ago so it was still like there were there were a lot of social mores that were more like the uh the, the mores of royalty like it, you, there were a lot of uh hell there were conversations about in an elevator uh should men take off their hat because i get is it a room or is it a service oh that was a My conversation God. that that was <laughs> editorially <laughs> exclamation points at the end at the end of editorials and headlines. So um, people trying to, people like going out of their way to find a problem. Oh no, not even going out of the way. This was a real problem for them because at the time you were supposed to wear a hat. You were wearing mm-hmm. a hat because it was part of the business. It was part of the suit. It's part of the attire. So you go into a place and it has an elevator, and you think. Okay, well, I guess I'll try this. You get into the elevator. It feels like a room. There's literally a guy sitting there whose job is to to run the elevator. Like he pulls the chain at some point. Mm-hmm. And then even later, uh, there was a, a period afterward where he his uh, his job on the elevator was just to press the button. And then after a while, we were like, get, go fuck yourself. And that was a mm-hmm. whole problem because there were uh, just hundreds of thousands of jobs that were suddenly not available because we're like, no, we have a push button. Don't I seem to recall it. between the push button and the chain, there was a, a lever. There was a lever situation. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was brief. I don't remember. Um, but it, you had like a whole, there was a whole period where it, it, at first it was like, okay, so I've, I've entered a room with a lady. Mm-hmm. I can't don my hat anymore, you know? And then I've, I've, got, to, I've got to, do I have to take the hat off? And, and again, people writing it in, uh, like uh, insidious <laughs> fucking articles about, why should you take your hat off? We're just in a service. We might as well be in a set of stairs that just happens to go up. We're we're just elevating. It's an elevator. It's it's a, which sounded awesome at the time. Mm-hmm. Elevator. I mean, like it's it's like how cool did Terminator sound when we were nine? Hmm. Pretty pretty rad. Yeah. To use the terminology of the day. Yeah. But yeah, it was. Uh, all right. So long story short, uh, space elevator has no ring, uh, given given the current climate. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> 
<laughs> We've devoted far too much super, time. Super lame compared. <laughs> now, blowing up a space elevator still sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know what you'd call it, though. Space elevator, space lift, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Orbit door? I don't know. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Orbital plane. Yeah. Uh, it really does it just feels like they ran out they couldn't figure out what to call it so you have these kryptonians very british kryptonians and they're british that's the thing they're british call it a space lift don't do british people even say elevator no of course not maybe i think they do call it well i don't know what is a lift no it is that um yeah i think it's mostly british hey i don't mind when shows decide that People are British. <laughs> That's default. I don't. I don't really care. It makes as much sense as is. Uh, like if you were an alien coming to this planet and you landed anywhere, you'd be like, "Oh, that that makes sense for those words," and you wouldn't know what an accent was until you traveled. Sure. <laughs> if it was just like rolling a Dungeons and Dragons fucking die, yeah, nineteen British. Sure, great. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, what's the word I want here? It's not even a trope. It's like a convention. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that convention. I much prefer them being British than them being like American with faux British accents trying to do Shakespearean stuff like they were doing a Supergirl. Oh yeah, with the Kryptonians. No, like, that that, was, that is a problem. That stilted. Ugh. Yeah, that is a that is an issue. Verily. Yeah. <laughs> Can we not see verily anymore? Somebody throws in a wherefore for no reason. <laughs> wherefore out there? <laughs> You mean, where oh. is he? Yeah, because that's not what that means. Oh. Oh, man. What else, man? Oh, dude, how creepy was it when, uh, like, I really liked their their uh, their arc, um, Jaina Zod and Dev M's arc. I really like how they, like, wound up teaming up together. Was Tilly a kissed. big fan. Yeah, that was creepy. Yeah. No, I, was, nah, uh, was I agree. Completely super on board. They, uh it all made sense until they kissed and i was like this is this is weird and also uh why is one of the smartest people on krypton not aware that his, her mom and her betrothed her betrothed just kissed like they, they they don't even like somebody in in 10th grade walking into a room would know those two people just kissed mm-hmm. it was it was way out of character for her not to know and then it was way out of character for it to happen i didn't agree with that at all that was a bad turn that I was, think she was. Dis- I think she was distracted. She was a little bit distracted, but she comes in and precisely describes the situation she's just seen. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, the situation was. Uh, by the way, um, hate to bother you, but did the moon just explode? Yeah, I get that. That's a lot to deal with. But also, oh, and also, were you just making his face wet, mm-hmm. mom? Uh, yeah, I, I, that right. That should be super obvious too. Was that before or after he told her that he was like boinking her clone? Uh, I was after. The Boink and the okay. Clone was a couple episodes before, I think. Okay. I, I do like the idea that Dev M is so off of Lyda's radar that she just could not give a shit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, Sega's got some serious game in this series. Oh, yeah. I mean, two of, the most, two of the most powerful women on Krypton are, are just all, uh, forgive me for the phrase, all the eggs in that basket. Uh-huh. Like, for as strong as a character as Nyssa is... Mm-hmm. It that's where it falls off for me that she continues to like pine over Seg. I I'll give her this though. Think about they it. They do have a son. They do have a son. They have a son, and that that does have some weight. But she's and also I, a strong I, enough I, character that if she was like, dude, I, I really don't need you, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, you go, girl. You don't need right. 
knock right. it out. Uh, I mean, she's I, one of the most badass fighters in this fucking. Universe. Oh, she is, dude. That that like tracking shot of oh. of her fighting. Oh, fucking yeah! And that, that was moon great. Was just even before that when she gets cornered when she realizes she's being betrayed by Zod and she just uh, just neck shanks a couple <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> trained soldiers. Uh huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying, and also knife to the neck. Counter. Yeah, that Rebuttal. that scene. That Rebuttal, scene. You bleed out. She, that scene shifted me from thinking of her as that girl who kind of looks like Kira Knightley to <laughs> that hot ass girl. <laughs> Got the damn factor out of you. <laughs> I get it. That yeah, scene like, ignited my damn. I'll I'll give her this and think about it. Mm-hmm. What else does she have? Now, granted, for her, the entirety of Krypton is at her disposal, I guess, in a way. In a way. But mm-hmm. what the show, you know, shows us, not much. Really not much. Like, for her and her circle, uh, her dad's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the other people who have ever come in contact with her were either trying to uh, use her to some extent or were well below her uh, station mentally. Right. Uh, Segel is about the only person in, that she meets in this show that is anything worth a damn. Really. Yeah. I did like her line where she was talking about like the way he lo- he talks about Lyda and then he's like she's afraid that he is her Lyda. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good line. Lyda's his one true love. She mm-hmm. was worried that you know he I'm is her. Oh, don't say anything. I just I shouldn't even said it. You know, it was yeah, and she's right. She shouldn't have. But at the same time, like I, yeah, I, 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 I she like, got I her like, off her chest. I completely like I felt for her heart hard. On yeah. That scene. It was it was one of those where I'm, I was kind of annoyed, but then I was also like, "Well, no, damn it, she's you know she's a strong woman. She she's she can have a freaking she's been through a lot of shit. She should be able to have like a weakness and uh, a need for love. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, no, she's um, completely allowed to have moments like that. And think about how strong this is to have said that, and then almost without a breath, without breath, to have said, and I shouldn't have said that, and then just. Demand that he says nothing about it and move on with your day, which mm-hmm. she fucking does. Mm-hmm. Um, like she's a therapist nightmare because she moved through all of that by herself. And I'll, I'll be honest, I did no want. Help. I was perturbed because it felt like in this season we didn't get any more of her, <clears throat> of her like really exploring what it means to be who she is, based on the on the revelation from last season that she was basically just a clone of herself. Right. Um, <laughs> You're um you're the continuation of what might have happened if you hadn't died when you were like seventeen. Oh, mm-hmm. and but um, I mean a lot of her right. story this season is built around trying to get her son back. And uh, by the way, that son being later renamed Jarrell. Oh man, when when they name him Jarrell and they they play that John Williams music, it, it oh, got yeah. me, man. It oh, got yeah. me. Yeah, it should have gotten you. That was solid. And let me ask you this: uh-huh. in the final episode, when Seg takes off his jacket. Mm-hmm. And says, "General, would you like to step outside? Did you like cackle maniacally?" <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, Superman too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he that like, was even calls him on it. Like, just starts beating the shit out of him. You really think you're a Superman? You think you're the Man of Steel? You piece of shit. Oh yeah, it was solid. I mean, that fight scene was great in general. Mm-hmm. Oh, but uh, going to the the L name moments. Um, uh, wh- what's his name? Uh, Ah, what's his what's his buddy from the bar? Kim. 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 Um, so by the way, Kim has this great arc throughout the series. And I was like sad in the first half of season two that we didn't really see him, and then he shows up hard in the mm-hmm. latter half. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he he shows up. He's he's literally in command. They make a lot of mentions of how like, yeah, dude, you've you've really come come into your own here. Um, huge deal. Like it was a great moment when later uh, when when he's talking to his friend right before he's gonna go kill himself. Um, was like, yeah, I mean, you take this all on yourself because of blah blah blah. I'm like bullshit. We it's up to all of us to take mm-hmm. on some responsibility. Fucking great speech. Absolutely great moment. Great insight. Great great moment of the series. And then mm-hmm. he. He goes through it. He, he goes through with it. A uh, great fucking scene with Doomsday where he, he gets stabbed. He's still got the thing. I I laughed the my ass off. Yeah. yeah, when he when he's reaching around in his pockets and still like impaled, still has the wherewithal to give him the finger. And then even then, I was like laughing my ass off until like Doomsday sneers at him and just rips his head off like it was a, mm-hmm. a wet paper bag he was pulling the top up of. Oof. Just brutal and awesome and uh great ending for that guy but even better later when uh uh what's his name uh oh what's the great-grandfather's name i forgot it for a second oh um i'll do val. val val thank you uh when val l uh honors him as an l oh yeah that, that was, was nice that was really nice and segel uh uh cameron sells the shit out of how much he misses his friend and how much mm-hmm. that sacrifice like he he killed it on that yeah good scene there good scene that great ending great. for that character. Uh, I loved how they like pulled out all the all the sound mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for his death. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was great. That was so good. Music was really good too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Damn show really won me over in that in that last in that last half. Uh, freaking Thanagarians, and that that that's confirmed from Cameron Welsh. Uh, those were that was. I mean, she was on Ran. Those were Thanagarian uh, warriors. That was they were going to jump into the Ran Thanagar war, uh, hardcore in season three, which would have uh, been sweet, especially with an Adam Strange at the center of it. That is, uh, I mean, first of all, a compelling character the way they've written him in the show. Mm-hmm. Second, charming actor. Mm-hmm. Third, jetpack. He got his jetpack. Jetpack. He's crippled, but <laughs> he's, crippled, he's got his jetpack. He's got a jetpack. Don't know how to he's use seen- it. Yeah. Drunk ass, but jetpack. <laughs> Yeah, um, I love that Nissa like stole his Zeta beam. I loved it. I love that she wound up on Ran. I love that she. Eh, by the way, those were that the Omega symbol was not a dark side. That was the Omega men. That was also a thing that Cam Welsh uh, brought up on Twitter. I was wondering about that. I mean, obviously, you see, you see that symbol, you think dark side. Yeah, so but you think it was going to be the Omega men though. Oh, he said outright it was the Omega men and not dark dark side. All right, I was wondering about that. Um, yeah. And we have the, the the terrible fact that Brainiac has Jor-El now. Yeah. And has gone to Earth. Yeah. And given the I mean, given the the, the story of where this ends, I mean, somehow Jor-El has to get back to Krypton, live a full mm-hmm. life, and be it, no matter how you tell this story, Jor-El is always the guy who says, You realize we're all about to die and everyone disagrees with him and they die anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I think invariably, I don't know if there's an exception to that story or to that version of the story. It was that simplification of it. I, I, I don't, I can't remember one. No, no. So to my mind, you have to get him back and put him there. So it'd be like it, Brainiac having him by himself. And by the way, the great line later where, uh, and it was, it was a great conversation when Lobo shows back up. Oh man, that was so good. That was so good. He's like and, pissing in the Kryptonian bar. Yeah. Uh, put down your weapon. He just drops his dick. Weapon. Yeah. Oh, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thanks. You know? 
just a very casual conversation <laughs> about, well, I'm not going to say you're not well-armed. I mean, shit. <laughs> yep. It was good. But my favorite part about that was was Segal saying, like, so I will, I'm, I'm going to make a deal. Oh, fucking no, always put the deals with you. Um, it, it's so, uh, I, you know, it, it, I forget how he framed it, but he said, like, so uh, Brainiac uh, took my son. He said it was to preserve the Kryptonian, but I'm pretty sure it was because he's an asshole. <laughs> yep. And Lobo's just like, yeah, he's a bit of an asshole. <laughs> oh, see, I, 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 that was I, my I, favorite part of the exchange. I did love that. It reminds me, though, of uh, Val talking to um, Zod. Yeah. And, um, and Zod yeah. threatening him, like giving a big Shakespearean speech about all the pain and all the thing he's bringing, yeah. all, everything he's bringing to, to yeah. wipe them out for good. And Val is like, uh, you know, what bring it, essentially. But he says it more eloquently than that. But then yeah. he just sneers and goes, asshole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it and it just like you can see it get to Zod's nervous system. <laughs> it pisses him off so much. <laughs> One of my favorite lines between those two was at some point uh, after the space elevator goes up, and and uh, they they still had Sagittarius ship to uh, abscond, I guess, with as many of themselves as they could. And mm-hmm. at some point, Zod tells him, uh, "I highly suggest you land my ship." And uh, as quickly as possible and hide as best you can or something like that. It's like, that's a fucking baller line. Mm-hmm. I I suggest you take the advantage you have right now to the best possible conclusion, hide as best you can, and I'm still going to find your ass. Well, yeah, it's scary. Yeah. Um, and even, yeah. Then, uh, mm-hmm. even, even then, even then, Val's, yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah. We're past that. Oh, that was good. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, back to Lobo and Seg... I uh, I did love that line. What I think I adored more because it felt like it was an ad lib mm-hmm. was uh, Seg correcting Lobo on how you pronounce uh, Kalu. Oh, yeah. He's like, Kalu, Kalu, Kalu. It's Kalu. Whatever. <laughs> it was good. I enjoyed Val being drunk that entire scene. That was that was lovely. Oh yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. And him, him and Adam being drunk and just like oh, yeah. giggling their asses off was fantastic. Just wandering around, I got legs. I mean, I, I was, I was looking forward to Lobo just referring to him as legs for a while. Mm-hmm. That was gonna be good. And then one of, I mean, the the great culmination of that scene, he tries to turn on the jet pick, just fucking rams himself on the ceiling, falls down. It was good. It was fun. Yeah, it was a joyous that, scene. That scene looked terrible, but it was still oh, it, funny. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't matter at that point. It it was uh, it was worth what we saw. It really yeah. was. It was a good like. It was a good scene because, and I, and I enjoyed this about uh, the series as it is right now, and probably as it will be. Was it? It left a lot going forward. Like the um, Rand Thanagarian War would be awesome. I mean, just mm-hmm. to to see a live version of that, and given what the mm-hmm. given what the show already looked like. I feel like they were going to do a really good job with with both species of that. Like both both planets are going to be well represented, and oh man, that'd, that'd be fantastic. But what we got to see though was still like season one, huge Brainiac story, big deal, big fuck all story. It was that was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Um, uh, season two, big story about who's really running Krypton. Great fight scene at the end with. Uh, I, I mean, I really loved Segel telling him like, uh, what was he told him something along the lines of like, after all you've done. You know, you can't stand. It's going to be taken away by nobody like myself. Mm-hmm. Also true. I mean, it, I mean, not technically within the course of that fight. It took him and Lyda to take him down, but uh, which is accurate. He was bigger than both of them. But he, uh, 
accurate to the story as a whole. Like it, it has been Seg Segel's just sheer force of personality alone, almost driving some, some parts of the story, which was perfect because it is supposed to be a precursor to like, yeah, these are these are the people that I mean, I know genetically on our planet he's a god, but he's got to mm-hmm. have some he's got to have some personality, and and these are the people who uh, who came from. Like, Fuck yeah, these are some strong yeah. motherfuckers. I I would totally put. I would totally put Segel in a cape and put him on Earth as is and feel oh, pretty yeah. comfortable with the safekeeping of Earth. Yeah, that would be, that'd be great. And Well, I'll say hell, that, not as is, is, as is now, not like episode 101. Right. Maybe not, yeah, but no. I've seen a progression here. Right, but they, you know, they might actually, they might have gone that way. Did you, yeah. did you see what um, Cam Welsh posted? It was a teaser of the premiere of season three that'll never happen. No, what was that? All right, so I'm basically just going to read this thing, kind of, but it's a field trip in Russia, 2020. Mm-hmm. A school bus loads up kids to take home. There's a quiet boy who steps aboard looking for a seat, his eyes darting anxiously beneath a mop of dark hair, looking a bit like Seg if you squint hard. As he moves along, he's tripped suddenly by a tall bully with a buzz cut. The bully stands over the boy, calling him names, calling him weak. Wishing he'd stand up and fight him, but the quiet boy restrains himself, tamping down emotions. Taking a higher road, the boy exits the bus as the satisfied bully looks on. That's what I thought. Later, the boy sits alone, waiting for his ride. A kind man pulls up and sits down. He reminds us of Jonathan Kent in his muddy uh, coveralls and beat-up truck. He speaks to his son, who feels different than everyone, feels alone. His father tells him the world is filled with bullies. And good people have to stand up to them. We're all meant for something bigger than ourselves. But bullies, they work to keep us from reaching where we're meant to go. From from becoming who we're meant to be. It's good advice from a good dad. And it reminds us of the conversations we've all seen rooted in a small Kansas farm town. The duo arrive at a secluded property. A large abandoned industrial plant looms in the fields beyond a small shack. The father stands at his truck watching his son nervously approach through the door. The boy clenches a fist at his side, determined to do his dad proud, to make things right. The boy knocks and the bully opens the door, an inscrutable look on his face. He says nothing as the boy reaches deep down and tells the bully, no more. He won't be pushed around. And in a beautiful moment of quiet heroism, the boy reaches out his hand and offers his friendship. The bully stares for a moment, surprised. Then he takes the quiet boy's hand. The boy smiles. He glances back at his proud father. But when the boy's eyes return to the bully's, The bully's eyes glow red. With a scream, he obliterates the boy with heat vision. Nothing left but singed dirt as the boy's father grabs a rifle from his truck, rushes the shack. Tearfully, he meets the bully's eyes as the father is killed by a brainiac tendril to the throat. Tossed aside like nothing, brainiac steps from the shack's shadows looking like our man Blake Ritson with no green skin. His eyes are black as he puts a hand on the shoulder of the bully, revealing this is Jor-El, his adopted son. Jor apologizes, conflicted over what he's done, but Brainiac tells him to never apologize for the power he possesses. Strength is a virtue necessary to survival. Jor is meant for something bigger, and as the boy hugs Brainiac, we hear Jor utter four chilling words. I love you, Dad. (laughs) How much do you want to see season three now? Yeah, that's solid. (laughs) whole sub story of it wouldn't even be completely a sub story well it would because we're going to do ranthanagarian on one one end of it and there would be an entire subplot of uh brainiac with jor-el 
But you know and, that would end in some like big speech from Sega. Oh yeah, man. I mean, and make it this, entirely worth it. This feels like it would just be like an alternate future where the Superman never existed. We would probably get a, an a, a idea of if the well, no, Justice sounds, League is there is vastly different. It sounded like a little bit you re, uh, if you rebuilt it that way, you would be able to mm-hmm. do a version where Jor El uh, is actually raised on Earth. Mm-hmm. Or at least under a yellow sun, and knows the the power uh, that can wield, and it is able to understand what he's possibly subjecting his child to. When again, uh, one of the unchanging parts of the Superman story is the jettisoning to Earth mm-hmm. uh, under uh, the most explosive of circumstances. So you you get a guy though that's not just jettisoning him to like, no, this is a new hope. Um, you know, <laughs> they'll try to kill him. How? You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It'll be more. No, I I know how this I know how this is going to work out, and I'm going to have to have faith in his personality. But uh, I know what he's going to be capable of over here, and and then you can get to like, well, he'll he'll he won't be one of them. They'll try to kill him. How? Oh. Yeah, they won't be able to. Don't worry about it. He'll be safe. Now, how yeah. many people are safe on top of that? I don't know. It could be Superman. It could be Homelander. I'm just you know. Uh... Because Krypton's supposed to happen 200 years in the past. So I'm I'm just wondering, would they have played it like the Justice League happens in our future? So beyond way beyond 2020? Or is 2020 a future that Superman never existed in? And that's how Jor-El knows about Earth in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Would we see an alternate take where there's, you know, certain characters who should be Justice League members but aren't? Because there was never an, a hero to inspire them, or will we see like a sort of a Justice League, uh, the nail type of situation where, yeah, they're there, but shit Not ain't the right same at all. Uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, maybe a pre. I mean, and, and it would be historically accurate. Like Superman was not originally a Justice League member. That's right. It would make a ton of sense if there was a version before, and it would make a lot of sense if it was a version that wasn't quite functional before. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's face it. Um, the Avengers did too. Like <laughs> these team ups went through a lot of iterations before they're like, no, we've got a formula that works here. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna use these six men and women, and and uh, this is a pretty solid team. We we got this. We from a writing standpoint, there's a lot we can do with it. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. All right. I think yeah, I think you could start it dry and and bring them in. But because it's Brainiac, I feel like it would it would be in story, and you wouldn't rewrite it. Like I, I don't think there'd be some retrofitting of time. I, I think it'd be. Because it's Brainiac, I think it would just all be part of a timeline. Well, yeah, it's just, you know, the whole point, and in, in, in Adam even mentioned it, is, you know, there's no Superman anymore. As he yeah. mentioned that he, you know, screwed that up. He did. But uh, you could have built into this in season three. I have no reason to think that Brainiac wouldn't prefer Superman be there. Oh, be I mean, I, that. I think they would have brought Segel in into, twi- into the alternate t- 2020 uh, totally as a Superman stand-in. To fight Brainiac. Absolutely. Probably. Yeah. They've already like toyed with him having superpowers when he was half Brainiac. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I completely agree. All right. Do you have anything else? God, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I hope we talk about this later. It's <laughs> Krypton season three wrap up on whatever fucking streaming service. Yeah. Uh, I've, I hope verily. And I would have said that five episodes ago, but damn, did they turn it around? Yeah. It's always been at its worst. The show's been okay. I mean, it's never been bad. It, yeah, it, I wouldn't say it was ever been, like truly bad. No, no, it was like it was at its worst. It was kind of a shrug. <laughs> and any show can have episodes like that. And we're only really talking about twenty episodes. 
Yeah, I do think they had the the writing team on this show has a problem like building up like Stop once they get where they're going, building to things and just do stuff. Yeah, once they get there, it's it's fucking great. But yeah, it does take them a minute to get there. In a ten episode season, I don't want to see five episodes of you warming up. I want I want to see you hit the ball. Like no, you've got two. You got take two. a swing. Take a swing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Lobo was fun, but take another swing. That yeah, that was a yeah. There, there was a really good Lobo uh, palate cleanser. Uh, it, it it was a great blooming onion, you know. And then mm-hmm. um, it was a minute before we got the baby back ribs. <laughs> All right. And once we got those baby back ribs, we pulled the baby like, back the ribs that you up and there was like and was pulled like, pork so underneath was and it was yeah, fantastic. Was yeah. <laughs> Is our order still coming? Because it was all covered in cold. We've been stuff. here a minute. Blooming onion's a little bit cold at this point. We're kinda, we got to stop nibbling on it. All right. We got to stop. I'm hungry. Yeah. Stop talking about blooming onions. Ribs and shit. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I'm I'm going to get carnitas now. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Patrons, people who support us, everybody. Mm-hmm. We'll be back with uh, news at some point soon. Until then, keep some DC on your screen. <laughs> it was a weird whimper of an ending. It was. I like it. Kind of like Krypton season two. Wow. The wound is still fresh, man. Yeah. A big old, oh, you should see the people on TV time that are like, oh my God, this is ending is fantastic. This is great. I'm looking forward to season three. And then just the first comment. Yeah, go fuck yourself. That's not happening. Oh, yeah. I wanted to see Sardath. No, baby. It was going to be a good time. Good time. Don't stop me. Don't stop me. Yeah. (laughs) Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series, Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv.